48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Aaron Tam. Tonight's headlines. State media has again attacked the professional teachers union after it said it would disband. The head of the journalist association expressed concerns his group could be the next one forced to dissolve, but insisted they had done nothing illegal. And a mainland court has jailed for 11 years a Canadian businessman for spying. State media has renewed its attack on the largest teachers union in Hong Kong a day after it announced that it was disbanding following accusations that it had poisoned children and incited them to violence. Xinhua News Agency said in a commentary that the Professional Teachers Union shouldn't get away with any law breaking, adding that it only had itself to blame for its predicament. Francis Sitt starts our coverage tonight. The erupt end of the PTU came days after state media called for the union to be investigated and eradicated, and the Hong Kong government severed all ties with the decades-old body. But its disbandment, announced yesterday, has done nothing to ease the fury directed at the group. In a new commentary, Xinhua again called the union a malignant tumor, whose eradication helps bring an end to anti-government chaos and will be cheered on by students, parents and the Hong Kong community at large. It added that the group only has itself to blame for its demise, repeating its accusations that the union had incited violence in the guise of a teachers' organization. As such, it said local authorities must abide by the law and continue with investigations into any illegal acts that may have been committed by the body. Xinhua also gave assurances that plenty of patriotic and professional organizations could step in to take over the PTU's functions and that the interests of local teachers would not be jeopardized. The chair of the Journalists' Association, Ronson Chan, says he's concerned his group could be the next one forced to disband after the PTU decided to fold. He noted it took just 11 days for the union to come to the decision after it came under attack from state media. But Mr. Chan says the HKJA will keep going for as long as possible because it's done nothing illegal or wrong. I can't say we are not concerned about the situation. We think we had no intention or do anything to pitch the NSL. And we don't think that we have done anything wrong or commit any crime. So we're just doing our own job and own duty, do the things as normal as usual. Over 1,000 University of Hong Kong graduates have signed a petition demanding the university's governing council to revoke its decision to ban students who attended a controversial meeting of the Students' Union Council from entering the campus. Jimmy Choi reports. During the July 7th meeting, the Students' Union Council passed a motion expressing sadness over the death of a man who knifed a police officer on July 1st and then stabbed himself. It thanked the man for its sacrifice for Hong Kong. The move attracted widespread criticism, and the council subsequently apologized. The convener of the petition, which was signed by 1,180 graduates, said in a statement that the Hong Kong Youth Council has no power to penalize students directly, and its decision may have breached the university statutes. It urged the university to faithfully safeguard its century worth of achievements by revoking the penalties imposed. 
A court on the mainland has jailed a Canadian businessman for 11 years for spying. Michael Spavor ran a business in Dandong, a city on the border with North Korea. The verdict comes a day after a death sentence was upheld for another Canadian for drug smuggling. A former Canadian diplomat, Michael Kovrig, is also awaiting trial. Ottawa believes the trials are in retaliation for the detention of a senior Huawei executive in Canada, as the BBC's Robin Brandt in Shanghai explains. Canada believes that the charges are trumped up, they are not guilty at all of what they're accused of doing, and China essentially is holding them as pawns in a diplomatic standoff with Canada, and at the heart of that is that senior executive at the Chinese telecoms firm Huawei. Meng Wanzhou, she is fighting an extradition battle in Canada. The US wants her on fraud accusations. China wants her back. China believes the Canadians and the Americans can take a political decision on this, of course, in Washington, D.C., and in Ottawa, they see it very, very differently. The United States has condemned the jail sentence and demanded Michael Spavor and Michael Skovrig be released immediately and unconditionally. To the weather forecast, a few showers and isolated thunderstorms. It'll be mainly cloudy tonight. Currently, it's 29 degrees with humidity at 88%. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is 5 minutes past 11. Cathay Pacific says it suffered a $7.5 billion loss in the first half of this year as it blamed the emergence of new COVID variants that led to the tightening of travel restrictions and quarantine requirements in both Hong Kong and its key markets. However, the losses were 23% lower than during the same period last year. Cathay Chairman Patrick Healy says they're hoping to operate at up to 30% of their pre-pandemic passenger capacity by the fourth quarter, but that will depend on whether travel and quarantine restrictions restrictions are relaxed. We remain in, um, you know, an incredibly dynamic situation. And, you know, the impact of the variants that we've seen of the virus, including most notably the Delta variant, and the impact that it's having uh, in many markets, including mainland China, you know, obviously makes the situation even more dynamic uh, than it was previously. Um, And, um, you know, it it is extremely difficult to, to plan and operate uh, with, um, you know, the constantly changing uh, environment that we're in. Cathay's chief executive officer, Augustus Tang, says the airline will try to limit the cash burn to less than $1 billion per month for the rest of the year. He says they've been focusing on preserving cash, but said it's unlikely they will ask staff to take another round of unpaid leave. At the moment, you know, there is no intention to introduce, you know, more unpaid leave for the rest of the year. But of course, you know, we always say the, um, the, the situation facing us is extremely uncertain and, 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 and the challenge remained very, very dynamic. And so you know, if things you know, change, um, you know, we cannot you know, take any options off the table. Mr. Tang said he doesn't think the imminent entry of Greater Bay Airlines into the market will aggravate competition, stressing Cathay isn't afraid of competition. He noted there are more than 100 airlines operating in Hong Kong. Police have confirmed they've arrested a former employee of a school in Simsa Choi, suspected of embezzling almost $600,000 in school funds. Timmy Sung reports. The force says it received a report from the school on July the 15th about $599,000 being stolen by a former employee. After an investigation, detectives arrested a 34-year-old man, surnamed Wong, on August the 7th on suspicion of theft. 
A police source says the man worked at the private Mount Kelly School, Hong Kong. It's alleged that he transferred tuition fees to his virtual bank accounts. Mount Kelly School, Hong Kong, has been mired in financial trouble in recent months, blaming an exodus of students during the 2019 social unrest, and saying it has been gravely affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. The school told parents in June that it needed to suspend classes to give it time to sort out its finances and carry out restructuring. It also cited other problems, such as overdue tuition fees and confusing accounting records. The Education Bureau said at the time it was investigating the suspension after receiving complaints and reminded the school to prioritize students' interests and pay staff as soon as possible. In a statement, Mount Kelly confirmed that it found out about the alleged theft by the employee following an internal investigation and reported the case to the police in July. It also said it had fired him in the same month. On the first day of the expanded walk-in scheme for seniors to get vaccinated, some elderly people who lined up for a same-day ticket to get a jab say they're happy to now be included in the program. 60-year-olds and above, instead of those only 70 or older, can now get their jabs at community vaccination centres without making a booking in advance. One 60-year-old told RTHK he'd arrived at the Lychee Cox Centre at 7 o'clock for a same-day ticket, although he had made a booking online. He said this way he could get a jab more quickly. Meanwhile, health officials have reported one new imported COVID-19 case. The 27-year-old woman flew in from Bangladesh and authorities said she did not display any symptoms. More public hospitals are pitching in to help assess if people with allergies can get COVID-19 vaccines after a clinic run by the hospital authorities Hong Kong West cluster was swamped with cases. More from Todd Harding. The Vaccine Allergy Safety Clinic at the Grantham Hospital, which also follows up on people who had allergic reactions after vaccination, now has over 4,000 cases on the waiting list, with some having to wait until 2029. The head of the cluster's internal medicine unit, Wallace Lau, apologised for the situation. Professor Lau said they've received over 8,000 cases since March, but he believes people will soon get their appointments, with other hospital clusters also helping with the assessments. Beijing has responded to a new United Nations report concluding that human activity has changed the climate in irreversible ways by saying the world should have full confidence in its plans to tackle climate change. However, it didn't offer any new initiatives. Parts of the country are recovering from recent floods that the authorities have blamed on once in a millennium levels of rainfall. Again, here's the BBC's Robin Brandt. Rapid growth over the past 20 years, fueled by plentiful coal, has made this country the world's biggest carbon dioxide emitter, responsible for more than one quarter of all the world's greenhouse gas emissions. It will be very hard to combat climate change if China isn't on board. Around half the coal burned in the world is burned here, and it's going up. China says it will be another five years before it hits peak coal use. President Xi has said carbon emissions will peak four years later in 2030, but pledged that his country would be net zero by 2060. China is increasing its energy mix, investing a lot in solar in particular. It sees huge potential in electric vehicles. The country wants and needs cleaner, less polluted air for its people. But it's clear that Beijing is not willing to endanger, as it sees it, its economic powerhouse by weaning itself off coal any quicker.
The Environment Ministry in Namibia says it has auctioned 57 elephants, with the majority going to buyers abroad. The ministry says the auction is needed to reduce the number of elephants intruding on the human population and says the $400,000 raised will support conservation programs. But critics say there are few, far fewer elephants in Namibia than the government estimates. To sport and football superstar Lionel Messi says he hopes to keep winning titles at his first press conference as a player for Paris Saint-Germain. The Argentina captain has signed a two-year contract with the French football giant. He says he has enjoyed his first day in the French capital but acknowledged it had been very hard to leave Barcelona. Messi spoke to reporters through an interpreter a short while ago in Paris. I want to begin this new moment of my life. I repeat, but I'm very happy to be here. I have this will to play. I'm really impatient. I still want to win. I think this club is really ready to fight for all the trophies. This is my goal. I want to keep growing, keep winning titles, and that's why I come here to this club. On the pitch, Rangers have become the second Scottish club to be knocked out of Champions League qualifying. Steven Gerrard's team were beaten at home 2-1 to by 10-man Malmo, with the Swedish side progressing 4-2 to on aggregate. Rangers scored early in the game to level their third-round tie on aggregate and looked well-placed when the visitors had a player sent off before halftime. But the Scottish champs found a way to concede twice in four second-half minutes. The International Cricket Council is bidding to have the sport included in the Olympics with the 2028 Games in Los Angeles being the target. Former cricketer and current journalist Isabel Westbury says the ICC is keen to capitalise on the success that newer Olympic sports have enjoyed in recent years, like Rugby Sevens. I think that's at the forefront of the International Cricket Committee, the ICC's mind. Um, rugby, of course, the sevens were introduced only in 2016. And we've seen what it's done for smaller nations like Fiji winning their first ever gold medal and retaining it again. But then also just the fact that the Olympics, you know, it is about intrigue. It is about finding sports that's possibly quite obscure that you only ever see every four years and suddenly you're, you're, the whole nation is behind them. And I think this is what, what cricket has an opportunity to do here. It's difficult to see it from the perspective of England because, of course, cricket is quite a big country in England. But can you imagine somebody in China sort of switching on and going, what on earth is a sport and, and getting interested in it in that respect? It's a common sense move and it just means that there'll be more, more eyeballs and more, more people um, perhaps getting intrigued by this weird and wonderful sport. In tennis, Rafael Nadal has withdrawn from the ATP Toronto Masters because of a chronic foot injury that's been bothering him since the French Open. The second-seeded five-time champion will be replaced in a draw by fellow Spaniard Feliciano Lopez. Nadal's absence in Canada could affect his chances of playing in the U.S. Open, which starts on the 30th of this month. A reminder of our top stories tonight. State media has again attacked the Professional Teachers Union after it said it would disband. The head of the Journalist Association expressed concerns this group could be the next one forced to dissolve but insisted they had done nothing wrong. And a mainland court has jailed for 11 years a Canadian businessman for spying. The news from RTHK.
Sir Scott Fitzgerald along with Yvonne Keeley with a track from the early 70s. And if I had words to our second hour on this Wednesday evening, the Dying Embers, brand new day, just about an hour and 40 minutes away. Wherever you are, you're more than welcome, of course. If you'd like to be part of the show, just send over an email to radiopete at gmail. Don't work out that way In the course of a lifetime 